You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Welcome to The Professional Blur. I am your host, Jason Klom. This is the only podcast so far about extra work. My guest this week is the delightful Adam Grimes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jason Klom. So Adam is a gentleman with whom I have acted in several drinking game shows. Uh, it probably comes up a lot on this podcast, I'm sure, on all my podcasts, because it's the only acting I do. Um, I first met Adam when we recast uh, The Princess Bride, um, in which I normally play Vizzini, and you played the most upsettingly believable Wesley, <laughs> um, and you're a delight in it. Um, well, I, you know, I had heard that something happened to the previous Wesley. Sure, some things have happened. He's a very nice gentleman, but uh, we had we had an incident. I just felt like the drinking turned south on him. Uh-huh. And they, mm -hmm. yeah, and I was I was delighted. I, you know, I had known Jeremy Guskin for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, he told me about the show. And so when the opening came up, I was so thrilled. And then uh, I've been with you guys ever since. And mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite things to do in the city. I think people listening right now are going to be like, is he just talking to Carrie always doing an American accent? Because they're... <laughs> To be fair, it's you also do have you physically have the bone structure, which does help when to sound like somebody. But we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get to something like that's so. Should we just say it now? You were in a movie with Carrie Elwes, also, right? Was I? You <laughs> you mentioned that you were in a movie with Carrie Elwes. Did, snow did, something, snow, snow avalanche something. I was in a movie. movie with Sean Astin. With Sean Astin, okay. Why um, am I thinking that? Carrie Elwes was in it. Well, okay. you, you, but you know, here's a, here is a connection to Carrie Elwes. Okay. I was in a movie uh, called Codebreakers, which was an ESPN movie okay. set in the 1950s, okay. football. Amazing. And I did that movie with uh, uh, Jake Busey, uh -huh. speaking of Starship Troopers, which we were just talking sure. about. And he did. He was in Twister. He was part of Carrie yeah. Elway's uh, mm -hmm. tornado hunting team, and they were the bad yes. guys. And when he met me, we spent a lot of time, Jake and I, and Jake was like, you know what? Your voice is exactly like his. Whenever you speak and you're not in the room, I think Carrie is in the other room. Yeah. So we do have eerily similar voices. You do? Yeah. So you weren't in a... Why the fuck do I think... I'm on crack then. I apologize. Thank you for thinking I belong in a movie with him. He is well, yeah. a light. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, every time I'm like, it'd be fun to do a parody of Blank with him in it. I'm like, oh, let's have Adam. Um... <laughs> Like, I mean, people could use you for a Stranger Things parody. There's so many options. Oh, you know, just spread the word. Okay. I'm, I'm available. Okay. Um, so, who are you and what do you do? Uh, Jason Klom. I am uh, I'm, I'm Adam Grimes. I'm originally from the Green Mountain state of Vermont. Yes. I moved here about, about eight, 1828, 1829. Uh-huh. Um, uh -huh. You know, it was a different city back then. Sure. Um, Naturally. You know, there was no sewage. Right. Um, to speak of. Right. We use pots. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, I did move out a long, long time ago and have been in this weird business for, God, I moved in 99. So really? it's 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so it's been a long time and I've been here and, and I, I my acting career has taken me from uh, tiny co-star roles to uh, a couple of recurring guests, N nothing ever too major. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, I'm, and I'm still here. Is there anything that you are recognized for, approached about online or in person, anything like that? You know, when... No, is really? the quick answer to that. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I would be mistaken for people occasionally. But okay. No, I'm not generally known for, for anything. Uh, you know, I, I played in this band for a while, mm -hmm. for about a decade okay. in Los Angeles called Vaude and the Villains. And yes. It was a 20-piece New Orleans cabaret orchestra. 
Um, and with I, a flaming tuba, if was, I'm not mistaken. At times, the tuba was on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, being the tenor banjo player, you're you're in close proximity to said flaming sure, tuba. Sure, sure. So it was uh, it was harrowing, but uh, I was recognized a couple of times from people who had been to shows. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, that's, that's from the show. That's a very I'm wearing good a T-shirt that says the band on it. I've only been recognized twice in my life, and it's only for a drinking game. <laughs> So it's all local. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of fun, right? Well, you know, tell you what. Mm-hmm. In Vermont, it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Um, it was probably, I guess, 1824, the uh-huh. year before I moved out here. Sure. I had done a commercial in Vermont for a uh, furniture store called Leo's Furniture. Okay. And I do, to this day, still get recognized from that. That's amazing. Yeah, from the mid, mid-90s. mid Is there a line? Is there something? No, but the, but, the, but the best recognition ever was when I was at the dentist. Um, I was in the dentist, and uh, th- there's this, there's a sort of Vermont redneck who is kind of out in the the waiting room with me. Very nice guy. Uh huh. They bring me in. I recline back in the chair. She's just about getting. And then the the, the hygienist was like, "Do I recognize you from somewhere?" And <laughs> no. I was like, "Well, y- you know, I I did this, this. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Leo's furniture." The guy from the waiting room, oh, I freaking thought that was you. He comes running in, pointing in my face. Holy shit. That's remarkable. Yes. Is this commercial anywhere online? That's a good question. I have no idea. We're going to have to look it up. Yep, we have to look do it up. Do you have it if it's not online? I'll try to find it Please for you. Please do, because I would desperately love to see this. Um, so the first question I ask is not about extra work. It's your first time on a set ever. Ever? Yes. And it doesn't have to be as an actor. It can be, you know, sometimes people PA, sometimes people are given a tour. You know, uh, as I was driving here, I was talking to uh, Jessica, my Mm -hmm. my girlfriend, and I I remembered there was a movie that filmed in Vermont, and uh, it was called The Wedding Band. Okay. And it was directed by a director named Martin Gigi, who uh, lives out here in L.A. now and still continues to work. Um, And... uh, there was a musician. Uh, There's a music, musician named Chad Hollister who mm-hmm. is still actively in creating incredible music in Vermont. Okay, and he was in this movie called The Wedding Band. And I didn't know either of these people, but I was just a college student, and I did do an extra a day of extra work on that. Okay, it was the first time I've been. It was in this hotel, right in the middle of uh, South Burlington, Vermont, and um, it was just I was pretty much in holding all afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And they they brought us up for. One small action, and, uh-huh. and that was it. That was the first time I'd been on a big set. Yeah, that's hilarious. Just yeah. walking across a thing or something. I think it was to actually go up and uh, have food put on my plate. Oh, okay. And then walk off into the background. Have you seen the film to know if you're in it or not? I don't. E- I don't even know if. I think the film was finished. Uh huh. I've never seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I will do but, some digging. Uh, and at the time, she she stressed this. Deborah Gibson, not Debbie Gibson, uh, sure. was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I heard whispers of Dom DeLuise having been in it. What the fuck? Yeah, who is one of my idols. Of He's course. A, just a delicious comedian who I love, um, mm-hmm. but I never saw him. Damn it. I know. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what was, uh, so what was it? Was this like uh, you saw it in the paper or how, how, how did this even happen? How did you, you get set up with it? See the thing, Jason Klum, mm-hmm. um, college was not a 
sober time in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of those okay. four years. Fair. Um, let's go with the newspaper. Okay. That sounds like a respectable way to fall into that. Right. I that mean, it was 1893 or so, right? Yeah, so there was yeah. No a lot of mead yet. was being passed around. Mm-hmm. I guess that's even earlier. That is much earlier, but it's fine. That's good. Uh, um... <laughs> the old 1865 <laughs> meads. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, so, all right. So I guess then asking you, like, your feelings about being on the set or what it was like maybe aren't gonna you're not they're not gonna be there yeah that's yeah fair. we can fast forward but that's I can, absolutely I, yeah fine. <laughs> let's talk about your first extra gig maybe in hollywood or something that you you know that you because i know we definitely talked there, there's a jim carrey movie there's a few other things so like what's the first one after this you know what it is going to be the jim carrey movie mm-hmm. and so and i'm actually really interested on your take on 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 extra work because um that first, the first time with the wedding band, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. But then, what wound up happening <clears throat> was I, I had slowly been establishing myself, and this is totally <laughs> sounds totally crazy as an actor in Vermont. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But 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 I did like I, I had a, had won this acting award in Vermont for theater. But the the cool thing was is that when me myself and Irene, the Jim Carrey movie, was being filmed in Vermont, mm-hmm. someone just reached out to me because. There was, they need one like small co-star to say one line. It was an EMT. Okay. And uh, they reach out to me as, as an, as sort of like an offer just mm-hmm. to like, think you're, you're like one of the finalists to be able to just say this line. And Amazing. I, mean, I was like, great. Well, what they wound up doing was I heard at the time that they, uh, they wound up casting someone in Los Angeles and flying them out. Fuck. So okay. that's sure. when I realized, I was like, you know what? That's was one of the the main reasons I moved to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's like if I want to pursue this, like yeah. I can't live in a state where they're even filming the movie. Right. Um, it turns out uh, it was Anna Kornikova, tennis uh, tennis uh-huh. star of the time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so she wound up getting the role. But um, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's crazy. But I did do extra work on uh, on the film, and it was not a great experience for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but at one point I was in line to get food and Jim Carrey was right behind me in line. And mm-hmm. you're not you're not supposed to talk to the star, is that sure, right? Sure, sure. I, I didn't know that, so I made I made a joke and I made him laugh and who cares then? You made him laugh. I made him laugh. Yeah. And I remember what I said and it was so silly. Like we were both digging into this bowl of food and and I said uh I the first thing that came out of my mouth was, "Do you know that this is made with with real orphans. And he looked at me and I was like, and you know, n- none of the cheap orphans, like real French orphans. And he laughed out loud. <laughs> That's and good. It was, it, it, I just wanted to make him laugh. Uh, and, and I think I got yelled at later, but. but Of course you did. Of course because did. Some, By some dick who thought it was their job. Here's the thing. So yeah, let's, let's talk about, it. let's break this <clears> down. <throat> I have had, I have problems with, um, Anything that is exclusive, I have a problem with people who are richer than me. Uh, I'm a big fan of class warfare. I don't like when people have it better than I do. Uh, Earned or not. Uh, Usually it's not. Now, (laughs) on set, there is a hierarchy. However, people break that hierarchy quite frequently. They break that that hierarchy um, symbolically. Like, let's say, uh, here's what I think I've probably already talked about this a ton of times. But I have always been told that on the West Wing, Martin Sheen was a big fan of eating with extras because he used to be an extra himself. I heard that on your podcast. Yes, yeah, so I did That's mention fantastic. that. Yeah, I'll probably mention it a thousand more times on this show. It was one of the coolest things I've ever But heard. I was like, great. And I've heard other stories like that. You're not, technically you don't. Like, first of all, the actors uh, tend to eat first. Uh, actors and crew. 
Uh, and I don't remember if crew's supposed to go first or if it's usually a separate meal. It's somebody could probably. And isn't it horrible me. right there that you're saying actors eat first, as uh, if extras are not? Right. Actors? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not how it's looked at, you know. And <laughs> that's how you, you you always put yourself like, oh, I'm an extra. I'm not allowed to eat first. Um, <laughs> it's it's terrible. But yeah. And so and I I do remember. I, w I don't want to call anybody out, so I won't use any names, because it wasn't a total dick move, but I was on Mad Men a bunch, and there was a, a guy doing a guest star arc, uh, clearly like having, he's like, oh, should I go up or should I not? He was behind me with this regular, uh, uh, the, like an actual star of the show, and the star was like, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine to just budge in front of people or whatever. Like, so, And I swear, in my head, and I could have made this up, but I swear he said something to the effect of, you've earned it, and maybe he didn't. But I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Mm. I, there's no you earned it. There is definitely a hierarchy in place that where you are given that as a, as a perk, um, and it's fine because you're doing more work than I am probably. I don't I don't deny that. I'm not fucking memorizing any lines. I just it is just this weird separate kind of gross. I don't like hierarchy. It is no no it, and it, it is. happens and it's funny because like they might be doing more work, but then again on on the same day. They, they may have no lines. Mm -hmm. They may only be on set for four hours. For sure. And you're there for 16. Uh-huh. And you've been there for 16 the last whole week. You've been on set a hundred times, like, for, like, mm -hmm. more time than that particular actor. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah. And, it, you know, again, it's not, there. there's all, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, there are always people, too, who, there's always a complainer. I tried never to be the <clears throat> complainer in, in terms of extras. There are tons of, like, little archetypes I could bust out. But there is somebody who's always like, ah, oh, it's, a, blah, 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 blah. they've always got some shit to complain about. And they're the people who are like, yeah, we're working just as hard as they are. And it's like, it's a, it's a different situation. But yes, you do make a good point. You are usually there longer than they are uh, because you're a utility player. You're pulled in to do whatever they need you to do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's complicated, but I'm not a big fan of hierarchy. And I prefer a set where it's just like, fuck it. Just like let everybody eat whenever they've got to eat. If somebody's in front of a lot, if you want to ask kindly, usually people are probably be like, yeah, sure. You're, you're doing hard work. You know, I would. If you asked me nicely, I would say, sure, please. Yeah. Or, or if, for example, sometimes like I've been on sets where like like a commercial set where mm -hmm. like I do have a line and they're like you're only uh, like we can only break you for half an hour you mm -hmm. have to come right oh, back sure. so we have to put you in the front of the line yeah. that's totally that's fine that's totally different that's too. totally fine different mm -hmm. makes sense let everyone in the line know that I'm very annoyed that somebody <laughs> yelled at you though for making Jim Carrey laugh I hope you hold on to the good part of that story I do I do like like he was a hero of mine and, mm -hmm. and uh in you know what finally kind of like shut the curtain for me on extra work was so I wound up being an extra um, on two different scenes, and I'll and I'll and I'll tell you the, well, I'll tell you the better story first. The better story was there was this huge scene, <clears throat> and a train pulls up into the the train station, which at the time it was sort of a train station that was not functional in the middle oh. of my hometown in Burlington, Vermont. It has since become a functioning train station again. Mm -hmm. But um, they had put new signs up and all this stuff, and the train comes in, and it's this great scene where Jim Carrey, he's been on the train, and he's fighting himself. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so the train pulls up, he comes up to the entrance of the train, beats himself up, throws himself off of the train, uh -huh. and I was one of hundreds of people in the background Definitely not on camera, but mm. got to watch it. Yeah, like ten times in a row. Oh my god! And 
just to watch his physicality because I was very much a physical comedian at the time. I'm I'm an old man now, so I can't do it anymore. But uh, but it was amazing to watch him. And one of the things he did, and I'll never forget it. It was a, it was a fight move that I think it's in the movie mm-hmm. that I would have never thought of. Uh-huh. But that's where his mind goes. He slapped himself a couple times, and then he chopped himself in the neck, <laughs> which was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He grabbed himself by the collar and did a flip onto the huge mat that was down on the ground, mm-hmm. and it was just incredible to watch. Did he do it roughly the same every time then? Yep, because I think for continuity's sake, he was... I would have to imagine. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And so that was really cool. And then uh, what wound up happening was I wound up being an extra as well. Um, And it was... They put us in this tent in this like sort of open grass lot across from the hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the EMT scene okay. that I would have been in, <laughs> uh, which was a little bit more salt in the wounds. But what happened is we're in this big green army tent, canvas army tent, where they stuffed the extras. And it was hot all day. And then it turned into a muggy night. Ooh. There was no lights. There was mosquitoes. Oh, come on. It was, it was horrendous. Come to find out, we've been there for so long that eventually, like the extras wrangler, came into the tent and you could tell he was really flustered because they had literally forgotten about us. No! They had moved on to a new location and left us there. And he was somewhat apologetic but also trying to not make it look like they screwed up. And that was the day I vowed to never do extra work again for the rest of my life. Fair. It was awful. Holy shit. (laughs) It was awful. I have never heard anything like that. Oh my God! <laughs> How do you forget about thirty humans? Wow, uh, that is. Uh, I want to know who got blamed. That's what I'd like to know. Agreed. Behind the scenes. Agreed. I, or I, if they even cared. Like, what if they didn't care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. That's the <laughs> ah, other we paid them that fifty bucks for the day. Right, right, right. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it'd be one thing too if they're like there were probably since you're in Vermont. I'm guessing no SAG extras. I'm guessing it's all non-union extras. Agreed. Yep. because uh, here there's a minimum, but I'm guessing if you're on location, maybe not. I don't know the rules. Uh, yeah, it was a long time so ago. So if they're not union, like there's no there's bucks. nowhere literally that you can complain to. Whereas I have seen SAG <laughs> extras be like, uh, this fucking sucks. The bathroom's blocked up, or a or there's no bathroom, or the blah. I've seen the SAG extras get on the phone. And do they? does it get taken care of? Usually. Oh, good. You know, I've only well, seen it happen good. a couple, but that's only if they're SAG <laughs> only extras, it's and it's union. only to take care of the, the SAG people. Yep, yep. Um, so it's uh, it's another hierarchy situation, but at least they've got backup. That's the bonus of a union. You know, you've got... there. I, I need to talk to some people, because I feel like there have been extras unions in the past, and I don't know enough about, like, just for extras, not SAG. Mm. Like, it's its own thing. Because, you know, the protection's kind of a good thing when you're employed. Especially if you're only keep, getting minimum wage. Yeah, to keep things like what happened to us that day, and w- which was, insane. I'm sure, way worse things have happened to like forgotten yeah, extras and stuff on for sets. Sure, but yeah. like, you know, that was pretty. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. My God, <laughs> that's insane though. I've I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy, was Jim Carrey <clears throat> the first like on set like the first time you ever met a celebrity, or is there anybody maybe I'm. Somebody else? God, Klom, you and the good questions. I know. I like Jeez. I like to hear a good celebrity interaction. I've had a few. I think he was the first he was the first big celebrity. He's probably oh. still the biggest celebrity I've ever actually sure. talked yeah, to. Yeah. Um I mean, aside from that, mm-hmm. I, all I can think of is I had gone to see I was a massive U two fan. Mm-hmm. And um 
and I, I went to go see you two in Massachusetts, um, and as we were waiting to go in line to get into the the event uh, space, I saw like a, like ten people run off into a different direction as cars were pulling up, mm -hmm. and I decided to run and follow them, and I sort of <laughs> elbowed my way towards where this rope was, and uh -huh. there was like he Bono was a hero of mine, like uh -huh. I just worshipped him, and he just all of a sudden was standing right in front of me, <laughs> and he wasn't sort of look, looking at me, mm -hmm. but for some reason everyone was yelling Bono, and I just thought to just say his real name, and I said Paul. <laughs> and he looked at me and we smiled, but then I was too frozen to say anything. And then he just like sort of took a picture of someone else and walked Amazing. away. Amazing. <laughs> Damn it. Well, now we know what to say. Next time. I had no idea his real name was Paul either. That's Paul Hewson. That's remarkable. Uh, <laughs> I, but I do like that your first celebrity interaction on a set, though, is, again, making a very good... By the way, that joke <clears throat> works because of the specificity of French orphans like that's there's a lot because that, that setup is good but then delivering like oh no french orphans like that's very good that's very good <laughs> that's why he liked it he, he clearly you know what whoever the fucking pa or ad was that yelled at adam grimes you're a jerk you were a jerk on that day yeah. you're rude i don't like you thank you i'm gonna go on imdb pro and find out your information <laughs> i'm gonna personally email you and ask you to apologize to adam grimes um the crazy part is like you could have no idea who that is. There's so many people who could be wrangling a pe uh, an extra that that day. I do want desperately to know who fucked up and who got blamed though. Yeah, I'm very curious just now. Just to know what the like what the <laughs> what the protocol is for some some like giant gaff like that. What's your first line in a thing in a, in, in a production? It could be <clears> that commercial. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, you know, my, my first. Uh, television was that Leo's Furniture ad, mm -hmm. but um, it was also in Vermont as well, and and so the, it was one of the reasons why. You know, me, myself, and Irene was the sort of one of the main reasons I realized if I wanted to do anything um, on camera, like I really did need to get out of Vermont. Um, but there was a company in Rutland, Vermont, and this was, I would say, maybe just like probably about a few months before that Jim Carrey thing happened, the the movie shot there. Also, right at the same time, the Jim, uh, me, myself, me, myself, and Irene was filming there. Uh, what Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer was filming in Vermont, like right around the same time. So there was this little explosion in Vermont, and then it just went away. Uh -huh. um, but there's this company in Rutland, Edgewood Studios, <clears throat> okay, and uh, uh, a man named David Giancola um, uh, helmed that particular um, production company, and they would make action movies in southern Vermont, and they would be really low-budget um, action movies. I mean, comparison, um, decent for Vermont, um, and what they would spend their money on is getting one semi-recognizable name to be in it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but the reason why that they would sell well at the time, on probably on video, mm -hmm. uh, was overseas because a lot of the American uh, action movies had a lot of blood and violence. Sure. Now, for a European market, they're like, please, have more sex. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we're like, no, no, no. He's like, but just cut down on the violence. And I don't know what accent that was. That I, was I don't either. Yeah, like, a, like an angry Italian. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe Italian. Um, and, uh, so, so Edgewood was doing pretty well for, for like a decade and they filmed this movie called Icebreaker and that was the one with Sean Astin. Uh huh. And so, uh, they did, um, I don't know if they had auditions. I think they had auditions for it and, uh, a guy and I went down and we did a scene from Pulp Fiction. Uh huh. Because why wouldn't you do yeah, that? Of course, why not? Sure. Because in my in my Vermont mind, I was like, they want to see a movie scene. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I, well, let's do that. <laughs> and we did that. But it did wind up getting me into second position for this uh, for two lines in in Icebreaker, and uh, I didn't get it. Uh huh. So the night before I knew they were going to be filming, I was like, 
uh, shin deep in tequila and uh-huh, just uh, uh-huh. having having a night. And then I get a call. They're like, "Okay, here's the thing." Mm-hmm. The other guy they wanted because he had a full beard and a, and a mustache. Mm-hmm. You were our choice to be clean shaven. Mm-hmm. He decided to shave and he showed up and we didn't want him anymore. We, <laughs> we need you to be here at 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh my God, <laughs> so no, was like, no, 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 no. Uh, okay. So I went to bed immediately. I got up and I went down and uh, there was, it, it, basically Icebreaker was touted as die hard on a ski slope. <laughs> Right? So terrorists come and they take over the ski slope. This is so good. Which, I mean, it just happens all the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> so so Sean Astin plays um, Ski Patrol. Uh-huh. And there's this one scene. They bring me right onto set. And there's this one scene where uh, I'm his snowboarding Ski Patrol buddy. And we're getting onto uh, the chairlift and... We share a couple of uh, lighthearted lines towards the beginning of the movie, and we go up uh-huh. like 20 feet up in the chairlift, and then we reset, and we do it a whole bunch of times. And so it was really fun. It was mm-hmm. great. It was awesome. And Sean was so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, he even brought me back to his trailer mm-hmm. to meet his wife, and at the time, who was pregnant mm-hmm. um, with their first child. Uh-huh. And uh, we just hung out for like 20 minutes. Remarkable. He was really awesome. <clears throat> and then... I shot, I think, one or two more days. I think only one more day. Mm-hmm. Now, they did have three celebrities in that. Stacey Keach was in that. Okay. And then uh, Bruce Campbell was in it. Really? And the great thing about that was, like, Bruce Campbell is the one who gets to shoot me dead. That was my uh-huh. second and final scene. I come into a room that's already been taken by hostages, uh-huh. and Bruce Campbell shoots me dead. That's remarkable. It was delightful. And so what I wound up doing, it was three days because on that scene had already happened. And uh-huh. I already got to meet Bruce. And on the last day, uh, I brought a copy of Evil Dead 2 sure. for one of my best friends, John. And I asked him if he would sign it. And he said, yeah, no problem. And he signs it and he hands it back to me. And it just says, dear John, get a job. Bruce Campbell. And it was the greatest thing in That's the world. so good. <laughs> oh, he killed you. Ooh, did you get squibbed then? Uh, no, because, because that was part of the thing is mm. not over violence. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So it was basically <clears> the <throat> kind of like, let's put a little bit of red on your shirt, uh-huh. hold it with your hand uh-huh. and then reveal it. Okay. Did you get to do any like, I'm hit acting? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the good shit. Enter a door, uh-huh. fall back against the door, uh-huh. slide Oh, down. come on. That's Three-parter. Uh-huh. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I love you talking about it like there's a manual for this. <laughs> there should be, there actually. Should be. Holy shit. How to die in a movie. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. That's remarkable. Do you remember your lines? I'm, I'm, I need to look it up because I'm, it's sounding so familiar even though you've told me about it before. Uh, you no, know, I do not. Okay. Uh, how, how about this? Mm-hmm. Hey, Sean. It's going to be, because his name was probably Sean in the uh-huh, movie. Sure, sure, Have sure. a good day on the mountain. And he's like, thanks, snowboarder. Woohoo! <laughs> <clears throat> that's about how it played out. Okay, yep. that's fair. That's nice. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. So how many, like, was that, like, your last any kind of movie production while you're in um, Vermont? Yep, Did you, yep. you can go right to Los Angeles from there? And then, yeah, yeah. I, I knew one guy in Los Angeles. I knew a bunch of people who had gone to New York, mm-hmm. but film is really what I wanted to do. And I spoke to that uh, friend of mine, and at the time, he said something that really sold me on it. He was like, you know what? I came out here, because he was originally from Mass. Mm-hmm. He was like, I came out here because I figured I'd do the long haul first, 
And if I ever want to fall back and be closer to home, I can then go to, to a place like New York or something like that. And sure. I was like, you know what? Good choice. Yeah. In a car, off, driving across the country. There I went. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you find it? Uh, I did find a little bit. I, I was looking up something very specific because, yes, okay, here's how I've seen it. You know that Rift Tracks did it, right? That, that Rift Tracks, the guys who did MST3K, their most recent thing, which is called Rift Tracks, they Rift no. Tracks Icebreakers. No. Icebreaker, sorry. Which is what, is that what it was called when you were shooting Icebreaker. it? Yeah, Icebreaker. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah. I yep, need, I have seen it. I need to see this. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll, man. I'll, I'll, I'll have to find out how, do you, ha, do you have, because uh, it's probably on Amazon Prime is my guess. But yeah, they did it a couple years ago. And, and that's how I've seen the movie. I knew it sounded familiar. How the fuck did I not recognize you, though? I've known you since before 2016 when they did it. Yeah. And so how did I not? It's okay. pretty prominent when I'm, I die. I'm going to pull it back up. We're my three-part to... death is pretty prominent. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't doubt it. We're, maybe watch it after this if we've got time. If bang, slam, time. slide. Come on. <laughs> that's so good. Um, so. What's your first, like, how, A, how quickly did you get work out here? And B, do you, what was your first big gig out here? Well, um, so it's, it's funny. It happened pretty quickly. Um, I got here and I got my first speaking role like three months after getting here. Mm -hmm. And it actually happened from casting director workshops. Oh, okay. Have you ever discussed those? Not or? really, actually, because it's not something I'm familiar with. I just hear people talk about them all the time. You know, and, and they're, they're frowned on by, by a lot of people because basically what you do is a casting director comes and you pay whatever it is, 20 bucks, 40 bucks, um, mm -hmm. to go to this uh, sit-down session where you can ask all kinds of questions about the business and they can tell you all kinds of answers to the mm -hmm. your questions about the business and then everyone in the room gets to do a scene like a cold reading like scene for that casting director okay. right there okay and a lot of people have problems with casting directors because they get money from it but I never have because it literally got me work mm -hmm. I went to a casting director workshop it was a free ticket someone at the apartment complex that I knew invited me to go with her um, and uh, it was great. She was lovely. I did a scene. And then two weeks later, she gives me a call and says, you know, we have one line for you on the show. We'd love for you to come in. And she mm -hmm. was the casting director for Angel and for Buffy. Okay. And so it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so I get to go to set and do one line. Mm -hmm. And do you want to know what it is? Oh, of course I do. So, <laughs> I would not want to know this because you show me the photo. Of the photo. <laughs> Come on. And to this day, I still get gifts every year. Uh huh. From my cousin and his wife that are lobster themed <laughs> because uh, I played a lobster, Jason Klum. I uh -huh. played a lobster. Uh -huh. um, it was a Halloween episode, and uh, basically Willow uh, is walking down the dorm room, headed somewhere important. And she's dressed like a knight and she goes into this room but the camera lingers on a couple having an argument uh -huh. and the girl is dressed like a giant present and the guy is dressed like a giant lobster mm -hmm. and i have two lines she has one we're in the middle of a like a couple's argument just to, like i think josh just wanted this like random quirky thing to happen sure sure and, like i said to this day 
oh, 20 years later, I get lobster ties uh-huh, for Christmas uh-huh. and lobster boxers. Holy shit. <laughs> That's remarkable. There's like, there's something about it where it's like, I don't think I'd get tired of that if only because it's this weird acknowledgement of this thing you did. No, it's you great. Know? It's like, great. I great. absolutely love it. It's it's the best. And and you know what's funny is I was looking it up last night because you did pose a question um, to me that we'll get into later, but mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about that character and I was like, let me just look up what I I was actually titled in the credits Lobster Boy. <laughs> Let me and there's like there, there's a Buffy wiki about Lobster Boy, ah! and there's a Reddit about people being really confused about that scene. They're like, what what why did people linger there? Like, was there some like overarching thing for that character? Like why? <laughs> and and some people write, I think it was just a weird random thing. And mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge, it was just a weird random. Is thing. Just Sweden still on Twitter because if we hashtag this and get it started, I mean, you know, when we talk about the spinoff later, I mean. You know, all we got to do is talk Joss Whedon into it. Oh, okay, because you, you clearly understand that that is going to be the character that I'm going to pitch the spinoff for. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember the lines at all? Because otherwise we could try and yeah, pull it up. You but. know, it's it's it's, it's right there. Um, it, it's, it's something along the lines of... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. And then the girl says something along the lines of like, but I saw you looking at her. And then I say something like... No, but I love you so much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's on that thing I pulled up on. It is online. Okay, as as I, I will I will pull that There's up. There's three later. short lines because I, 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 I'll probably throw a clip of it in here. I like to do that when I can, when when there are lines. You know, not everybody is funny. It depends depending on who I speak with. It's, it's I've already spoken to some people who are just like I did the thing and I'm a hundred percent cut out of it. Like I'm nowhere in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it should happen. Even though it's just extra work, it's like. Well, I fucking spent all this time. I want to see my fucking face on screen for a couple. Like that's the yeah. one payment. And you, you would ask me too about mm-hmm. me, myself, and Irene. And I was like, yeah. I promise you, I've seen that movie. I've seen that scene twenty times, yeah. and I am not in it. Yeah, and I had to dig up. So like, maybe somehow I'll see it, and he didn't see it. There's no way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's impossible to, possible to do that. Um, well, we do have a segment on this show called Five and Over. Okay, it's our mm-hmm. only segment. <laughs> and this segment is, of course, what is your character spinoff? So you pick a character. Five and under, preferably, or an extra. And uh, we need to know their name. We, we do know the name, but you can expand on that name if you want. It does not have to be the same genre. It does not have to be the same medium. It could be a comic book for all I care. Mm. It could be a comedy. It could be a docudrama. I don't give a shit. So, Adam Grimes, what is your spinoff? Well, all right, Jason Klum, bear with me. Please. It is going to be about Lobster Boy. Mm-hmm. As and it should be. This is going to be not a feature film, mm-hmm. not a comic book. This is going to be an HBO epic series to follow in the footsteps of Game of Thrones. Okay. See, what happened is, mm-hmm. is in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a demon was actually summoned. Mm-hmm. But what it inadvertently did was turn the girl into an actual present and him into an actual lobster boy. Uh-huh. Now, sad to say... Her demise ensued rather quickly because you can't be a living present. Right. But you can be a living lobster boy. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, epic, epic six-season series mm-hmm. is about how Lobster Boy <laughs> uh, realizes that there are other lobstermen akin to Mulman uh-huh. who live uh, in not real underground, but maybe in a mountain. Um, uh-huh. and how he rises, 
uh, to to become um, not unlike Paul Atreides, uh, to 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 become the leader of this sect of lobster people, um, and all the while helping them break down their own uh, societal issues and stereotypes. Wow, <clears throat> mm -hmm. that's brilliant. Do we have a name for the show? Uh, lobster Boy. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh. It, ellipses. It gives you so many options, mm -hmm. really, when you yeah. do that. Do you, what are we thinking for, <laughs> for co-stars or guest stars? I mean, obviously, you're the star of the show. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? Technically, it doesn't, you could just be producing it, and you decided Carrie always is playing <laughs> Lobster Boy. No, you know what would happen is, is I would be completely, because I, I was Lobster Boy, I would be Lobster Boy mm -hmm. from about three quarters of the way through pre-production, then mm -hmm. it would replace me with a, with a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean... There's then the option, like, you can be Lobster Boy, and we meet Lobster Boy's father, and he's played by Carrie Elwes. That's also an option. Oh, that would be cool. Right? That would be super cool. Nobody would have any idea what was going on, because she looked too much alike, and sounded too much alike. <laughs> it would just be weird. He'd be doing his weird American accent. It's not terrible. It's not Benedict Cumberbatch bad. It's just, it's, it's weird. Oh. Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent is horrible. Cumber Cumberbashing, already. I love him very much, but him and Martin Freeman, both from Sherlock, terrible American well, you know, it, it is funny, and, and I, I was very, I was listening to something on the radio this morning about how uh, the dialect coach was helping all of the actresses in Little Women, mm -hmm. none of which are American. Oh, yeah, huh? Oh. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it really doesn't matter how truly incredible the actor is. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten... I've gotten through very few scenes with, mm -hmm. with foreign actors who've not slipped up a little bit because sure. it, it's very specific. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think like with tons of coaching, you and I could get our Irish or English down pretty close, but mm -hmm. some native would catch it. Sure. Like a little slip here. And there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what's interesting is, uh, I mean, <clears throat> some people have, there, there are, I'm going to have to look up these articles more and so I'm not totally talking out of my ass, but there, they, they have said that the English accent a few hundred years ago was actually closer to what ours is. It's not that we lost the accent, it's that they gained one. Ah, uh, so we're the original accent a, a, is what you're a, Closer to, supposedly. Mm. Although if you listen to like Northern England mm. accents, a lot of people say that like some Northern towns are closer to what they used to. Like there, uh, there's a place that does, um, there's a theater in London that does Shakespeare in what they claim are the accents of the time. And when you hear them do it, they're very hard R's like that. And it's they sound like they're from the north. Like, not, not I, I almost did an Irish just then, but like northern England. Huh. So, uh, I don't know. So, it's, it's interesting. So, I think there, there's got to be some middle ground. But it is interesting when very well-paid actors sound like... Hi there, Joe. How's about a nice hot dog? Um, that's all I can ever think when I hear a terrible American accent. Like, took Hugh Laurie a while. He got there. House. He, he did a fine job his house, and now he basically, although now he's not stuck doing that anymore. Lucky for him. Well, yeah, and you know, I can really only speak to, you know, 1860, 65 Los Angeles. Sure, of course. Um, but it, it, yes, it, it, it was much more Americanized back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Hugh Laurie, it was funny because I only caught the first episode of of his new HBO show. Oh yeah, I've and seen I it. felt like I heard a lot of slips. Really? But then I don't want to get. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. It kind of is. So if it is, just fast forward. Uh -huh. But like, only about halfway through that episode, like mm -hmm. his full British accent comes out, and he's not American. Love and, it. And so Love I was it. like, okay, you skated. Very funny. You skated. That's Laurie. I'm just glad he's doing comedy again. I don't care when he does drama. Right. right. A bit of Fry and Laurie is probably the best sketch show I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And he's a genius. And Fry, what what does he? Can I tell you, I went to see a sitcom taping for the first time in like 10 years not long ago, and it was The Great Indoors, which is a show that got canceled after one season, uh, with Joel McHale and a bunch of other like very funny people. Oh, yeah. The show was terrible, and I only went 
because Stephen Fry was also on that show, mm. but he wasn't on that episode. So I didn't even get to fucking see Stephen Fry in person. But that he lives out here or did? Like, he moved out here to act in American stuff. So I don't know if he's still out here. I'm sure he's got more than several homes, but, you know, yeah. uh, like more permanently out here. I don't know. He's he's a delight. He's a fucking genius. Yeah. He wrote what is, and delivered one of the greatest <clears throat> comedic lines of all time, which is, Hold the news waiters, uh, news readers knows squarely waiter or friendly milk will countermand. Oh my god, I fucked it up. <laughs> Hold the news readers knows squarely waiter or friendly milk will countermand my trousers, which is a great line, and I fucked it up anyway. Uh, so that's why that's why he is who he is. You know, that's I didn't do it in an English accent. Line. Hold the news readers knows squarely waiter or friendly milk will countermand my trousers. That's the line. <laughs> it's easier. I can't do it in an American accent. That's what it is. I I, I could because I've never said countermand. See, I sounded like. Benedict Cumberbatch trying to be American. See, that's what you were doing for the listeners, uh -huh. Jason Klum, yes. you were showing mm -hmm. how British actors can slip up. Mm -hmm. yep. Bravo, yep. sir. Bravo. Yeah. British actors who are multi-multi-millionaires <laughs> and could crush me. Oh, boy. Um, I love Lobster Boy ellipses. This is going to be a very good show. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Um, I'm going to just suggest the subtitle of Above the Claw. Oh, uh, well, know. you know what? I mean, every... They could be written as novels first. Oh, it's also true. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, like Song of Ice and Fire, and you mm -hmm. know, that, that could be. That's a fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's not bad, right? Episode title too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. also true. I can help you with very good punny episode titles. We'll work on this, Joss. Here's the thing. I know you're listening. You're a big fan of everything I do. Um, you're not. It's not your fault that Benedict Cumberbatch. Anyway, you, you, we'll make this happen. Um, Adam, your delight. You're very, very fun to, to interview and speak <laughs> with, and we'll have you on my other show again soon. You, you've been on the Dispatches from Fort Awesome podcast. Um, you do a lot of things. What do you want to promote? Now, this is not going to come out for several weeks, but <laughs> like possibly a month and a half or more. So is there anything you want to promote? You know what? Where can uh, people find you? That kind of thing. You know, I just come on out. And watch Jason and I in a drinking game. Yes. In ADG. Just go. We have. We might have a show at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Um, and then Maybe Groundhog Day. Oh, I haven't heard. Cool. Maybe. Fun. Possibly. Not sure. Yeah, but come and watch us because if you're in, in Los Angeles, come and check us out. Um, I really don't have anything to plug. There's just been a, a long existing YouTube channel that um, Jessica and I created. Uh, short for obviously. OBS. O-B-V-S. Yes. Um, just Google that on YouTube um, and look at the dozens of sketches and animations we've made there's so much good stuff up there thank you very much you were kind mm -hmm. enough to put be one of my few friends who puts oh, me in stuff so you thank were, you uh, you've been in several things that we've yeah. done mm -hmm. oh commercials things like that um and yeah as a matter of fact that mm -hmm. we were semi-finalist that's right huh? uh we we did a doritos crash super bowl contest in which mm -hmm. you played a pirate oh, it was you, a pirate one okay salem and uh guskin all came oh, up yeah, to support us because right. you were incredible friends and uh had we gone to the next level, mm -hmm. we would have earned enough where we would have paid all of you. But we made yeah. we're semifinalists that you were top thirty out of five thousand. That's not bad. Yeah, I have a fairly good history of that kind of shit. Do you? Yeah, looking forward was like uh, before I finished it as a movie, and before I finished, yeah, this the book came out after. It was in like two contests, and one was for Comedy Central, one was for uh, FX, and they were within a year of each other. It's the only thing to place in any of those. Nice. Uh, to in both of those, I mean. So yeah. Uh, nothing happened. I did get a pitch meeting out of it, though. I did finagle it into a pitch meeting. Wow. Which a quote-unquote friend of mine ruined by being on his Blackberry the whole time. We invited him because we thought it would be some like some help, and he'd be there to, like, he'd be some clout. He was nobody. Oh. And then <clears throat> the exec is like, you know, your buddy over there was on this Blackberry the whole time. We're like, 
He's like, don't worry. Your pitch was good. We can't buy it. But uh, don't bring your buddy to pitch meetings anymore. They really told you that flat mm-hmm. out. 100%. This is where you made a big mistake. 100%. Oh, <clears throat> He's very nice about it, though. Wow. Yeah. So that's that. That's fun. Well, at least you got like a like a, like a a pitch meeting out of it. Because mm. the only other thing of, of even remote import that happened on our OVS channel was we did a, a Grey Poupon parody. Uh-huh. And it was it was crazy how fast that blew up. It, yeah. it went crazy viral. Like we're just shy of five million hits, mm-hmm. and the first four million happened within maybe a week. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, we wound up being on like uh, it, we we got called by um, Huffington Post called us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played it on the Today Show. All this stuff happened. We we're like, we finally hit. Like it's yeah, our yeah, it's yeah. our fifty eighth video that we've made and right. we finally hit finally something nothing no uh-huh. like w- we've had friends that have had uh commercial parodies that have totaled like still very admirable like hundred thousand hits mm-hmm. who've had production meetings commercial agencies have have taken meetings with them interesting zero happened for us that's so fucking weird it doesn't make any i mean there's there's no direct correlation between it. there really isn't i mean I, I had a viral <laughs> video almost 20 years ago now and it has turned into Nothing. I mean, it's terrible. It's stupid. What is it? But, I don't know this. Um, there was this this there was this Indian music video called Tunak Tunak Tun, which is by a guy named Dollar Mendy, who's since um, had some real problems with uh, accused human trafficking. But that's uh, oh, disregard Jesus that. Christ. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like it's <laughs> recently come out. Um, but he did these fun dances, and my buddy Dan and I, upstate New York, very white, we're like, ah, that's funny. Look at that guy's doing. And then we imitated them. We had Dan imitate the dances. Um, you know, nothing racist, but Dan d- definitely imitating dances we didn't understand. And then like his website got shut down. We got so many downloads, thousands of downloads a day when that kind of shit wasn't happening. Oh wow. And um, nothing ever came of it. But you know, it's like at least. And then thousands, like YouTube, if you look up that that music video, though, thousands of people have since, like, turned it into a thing. You huh. Know? It's very weird. Not necessarily because of us, but because of us. I'm just going to say Well, that was kind of like a precursor. What was the famous Korean song that turned into the dance? Oh, yeah, yeah, Gangnam Style. Yeah, it, sure. was, like, it was like the original it was Gangnam very Style. much so. Look at it's you. The same thing, right? Look at me go. But um, again, mm-hmm. there's no direct correlation. It doesn't right. necessarily mean it's going to be anything. No. Yeah. Yeah, believe me. I'm fully aware. <laughs> 19 years later. 19, I know me too. Son of a bitch. Oh, God. What am I doing here? Um, well, mm. then I'm just going to promote same thing, a drinking game. Go listen to my other podcast at StolenDress.com. There are a ton up there. You can read my books and stuff, too. There are books, movies, things like that. Uh, I have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash Jason Klom, J-A-S-O-N-K-L-A-M-M. Um, I need to put up a tier specifically for the professional blur. I'm doing it in a way most people don't do their Patreons. I usually do a separate one for each show. I'm trying to make it so that if there's a show you like, you just support that show, and I make bonus episodes of that show. I'm new to this, but it would be super helpful if you if you're interested and you want to support stuff. Cool. Give a listen to my other stuff. Uh, and then by the time this comes out, maybe it's already out, but hopefully we're going to be doing a live um, episode of the News Radio podcast, hopefully with a cast from the show, somebody from the show. I don't know. Oh, for fingers sure. Fingers crossed. Um, well, Adam, you're a delight. You're a delight. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Um, and I just have one thing I say at the end of every episode is as that's thanks for, I, 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 pardon me, that's not what I say. Fuck me. <laughs> I can't talk today. Adam Grimes? Why are you swearing at me in tongues? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry I missed that thing. I don't own a TV. So that's what I said. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Stupid. You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Hey, it's my turn. Ah! Yeah.